0: It's always
2: the same, always the same, storytelling when I can come and hope, when it's over the diamond. Oh, welcome to it. Justice? Justice. Justice.
0: Oh,
3: this music
2: video is incredible. Yeah. It's so
0: good.
2: We really need cameras in here so we can see the stupid yeah. white boy dance that we're about doing do or anything.
0: And as soon as you say that mm-hmm.
2: Sing it folks
0: Four capital letters printed in gold Cause it just make the curse wet even more Why are they shaking their bells
1: No need to ask my name
2: Okay. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. This is, in fact, a talk show, not a Troy and Joey poorly sing on top of a great tune. But we love this song. This goes way back, man. Man, This, ah, yes. I love this song. Yeah. And what is it about? I think it's about a bouncer. I think this
3: song on the album, the band, by the way, is a duo named Justice.
2: Yeah, they're a French band two french dudes
3: yeah they won a contest an electronica contest and then it started this whole career and this song is from an album that's just a cross yeah it's called it it's just a, a cross like a jesus cross
2: like a protestant cross it's not a crucifix but it's a cross yeah and it's so it's self-titled i can't remember the fancy word for that but it's just called justice And this song comes after, I
3: think it comes after The Party.
2: Yeah, which is another great song with that chick singing.
3: Yeah, and it's about a chick who parties.
2: Way too much.
3: And then this song follows, and yeah, I think it might be about a bouncer.
2: I think it is, because it's like, you got to turn away the ugly boys and girls, put you on my list. And yeah, I think it's about that life. That or like a
3: party promoter.
2: Something like that.
3: And then, does it go into, I have it on my phone, I'm not looking this up. Waters of Nazareth. Yes,
2: yes. I, I was uh, I was pulling out some justice today. We got another one from our past too. We're going from let's see if you pick up on this, Troy. Like French electronic dance music. Okay. To some outlaw. Let's put the O back in country. Next segment. That that's really on the nose. You go no. shooter. Oh yeah, but Shooter Jennings. It's going to be a particular shooter song, and it's not from Black Ribbons. Okay. Off that album, let's put the O back in country, but I think it's another one.
3: Busted in Baylor County?
2: Oh, that's a good one, but no. Uh,
3: Wrong. (laughs) Uh, Daddy's Farm?
2: Wrong. Okay. No, but let's get to what some folks noticed over the weekend. I posted it on my uh, Instagram page because it was an embarrassing moment for me, and I felt like, let's share the embarrassment. I, I I can appreciate that, and I respect that. Yeah. You, uh... You noticed it as soon as you walked in. My forehead. Yeah. Like, and you can see I hit pretty good where the hairline meets the forehead. Mm-hmm. I hit right there. Mm-hmm. I got talking at the Luau wedding shower with Fun Size Jane. This is Alan, who joins us occasionally. He does tech around the city, he's an IT guy. I was in their wedding. Fun Size Jane and Allen's Wedding. And she is real big into, like, traditional yoga. I, of course, have been doing the DDPY, DDP yoga. Bang! Diamond Dallas Page, baby. Yeah. You can do it, brother. And I like it because it isn't, like, all the fancy words. He isn't... You're not sitting there and breathing into a pose for, you know, 10 breaths. There's you, no, like, meditation. No, the out. point is to get your heart rate up, get those muscles flexing, like, burn, build muscle... But he uses some yoga poses and principles in order to increase flexibility and strengthen yourself in different ways. Because
3: if some of the folks don't know, yoga can be incredibly difficult.
2: It can be incredibly difficult. It can also be very easy and relaxing. Mm -hmm. DDP yoga, not as relaxing. Right. So, I was showing off to Fun Size Jane... Like, how much I've learned from just DDP's version of it and kind of comparing notes to traditional yoga. Mm-hmm. Like, and I got into it. I did the whole stand up on one leg, hold the other foot up, like, and out, and was doing all sorts of poses. And I had done it before, like, showing just how flexible I am. You can bend all the way down, straight leg, grab behind your ankles, your head centrally is in between your knees. And I did that once, I did that later because somebody else asked, and I'm down there, my head's in between my knees, I go to pick up my head, and I'm probably like six beers in, so I'm, I'm not like crazy, if I stick to beer, I'm fine, but I picked up my head really quickly, swiftly, and I got a head rush, and because my hands are behind my legs, and we're, by the way, right next to the pool, on the concrete next to the pool. So this mm-hmm. isn't you know smooth concrete. This is the stuff that you want traction around a pool. So it's really rough. And after that head rush, I, I didn't black out. Like, I knew what was happening. Like, uh-oh, here yeah. it goes. And it made a sound. It made a very clear sound.
3: Was that the sound of your skull?
2: Yes, yeah, skull hitting concrete. Okay. It was very distinct. And as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, God. I stood right up after it happened and was like... Well, that's embarrassing.
3: You know, you're lucky you don't have a shiny forehead, or it might have squeaked. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Sorry. It was well, my forehead. Southern Wood, or some of you might know him, 84. He'll be here tomorrow night. Uh, Southern Wood was right there with some of his wife's. It turned out he gave it to me. It was, it was just simply moisturizing lotion. Like, mm-hmm. why are you putting moisturizing lotion on my head? It's a wound. Get some Neosporin. Let's yeah. wash this thing out. No, it just starts rubbing this lotion on my head. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated it, but now it's very noticeable. And I'm sitting here over here thinking, well, maybe no drinking for the month of October. But that's not really a challenge. I don't have a drinking problem. I could go and not drink easily. But maybe right now I have some tobacco in my mouth. Do I get rid of this for the month? I know it's the first of the month. We'll make it work. I can go to November 1st if I need to. Yeah. But hmm, it's like get my crap together type of month. Yeah, because I owe the IRS money. I got to figure that crap out.
3: You can you get a clear head?
2: Yeah, I just need to clear my head, kind of reset the hardware here. Yeah,
3: well, I, you know, maybe if you'd hit the concrete a little harder, it would have reset some more.
2: <laughs> so do more yoga on concrete <laughs> then. Okay. Yeah, I mean,
3: it, there's there's really nothing better to reset than a concussion.
2: Yeah, right. Perhaps well, no, CT. and people were asking me was it like some complicated pose? Like, was I trying to do a handstand? You know, hold myself up with one arm and like some stupid eagle pose or whatever. There was just nowhere for you to go but skull first
3: onto some concrete.
2: Yes, because I got a head rush. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I, that's never happened to me before. I'm pretty certain it was the alcohol playing tricks. on my blood sugar. Yeah. So, I think I'll I'll, I'll put myself together. Like, I'm trying to make all sorts of plans for this month. Starting this Wednesday, Troy, I've been working with Mr. Spotlow, Seth Mm Spotlow. And he and I and a few others, we're going to be doing kind of a Hollywood movie battle. Like, a bracket of 16 scary movies that can kind of fit in. Movies you watch during the Halloween season. Right. And we're going to start eliminating them until there is a final on the final Wednesday of October, which happens to be Halloween, right? So uh, every Wednesday this month, we're going to be talking scary movies. We, Seth, as we speak, is putting together the list. He already put out a call for "What's your favorite scary movie?" Halloween movie, mm-hmm. and got something like two hundred something responses. So we have a lot to pick w- from. He's more of the expert when it comes to these t- this genre, right? Of cinematography. So he uh, he's putting it together the bracket as we speak. I said. Pick some iconic movies. We don't want to be too obscure, even though you're an expert in the obscure in this genre. Right. And we're going to kind of talk it out and have a little bit of a battle. What's the best scary movie?
3: Okay. Like uh, Freddy
2: or Jason. or. It's going to... It's.
3: I think Scream is going to go farther... Scream's good. ...than a lot of them, simply because it's a commentary on the traditional slasher.
2: Right. It's kind of several layers. Right. Like a parfait.
3: Right. I, the Exorcist—it's
2: going to be in the top five. That's another one. that one. That movie's just scary as hell. Mm-hmm. Really well done.
3: I hope he puts the devil inside. And uh,
2: gosh, thirteen We'd, ghosts. Yeah, thirteen ghosts might be in there. Mm-hmm. The Evil the, Dead series—we might just keep that as a series. The series, or right. maybe two and three. Once they were—they were self-aware. Right. They got real campy on purpose. Or I mean, I think we need to leave out because it's too meta. Cabin in the Woods. Right. Or. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I love that one, though. Yeah. It's very funny, but it's not. I'm probably going to watch it this season, this Halloween season, but nah. Yeah, we're putting it together. We have had a doozy of a day, officer. <laughs> These kids are just killing themselves. <laughs> For those who haven't seen it, uh, Tucker and Dale against Evil or something. It's uh, essentially two guys that are kind of hicks, they're yeah, kind of rednecks.
3: They're hillbillies, and they, they get a, a, a lake house cabin, and they're trying to fix it up. Yeah. And they run into some kids on spring break, and the kids judge them right off the bat as like
2: evil Hicks. Yeah.
3: And shenanigans ensue.
2: Like it's going to be some slasher f- movie, and it ends up being a slasher film, but not because of Tucker Dan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's great.
3: Just a just a terrible comedy of errors.
2: Very funny movie. Mm-hmm. I like that one. So that's I mean, we're doing that all month. I'm going to try to clean myself all month, but I feel like we need to clear out what has happened last week politically. Um, and I don't want to get all the details. I talked about it last week. But A way I separate myself from because what happened with the Kavanaugh hearings has lit a fire under everybody's ass. I mean, people, Troy, who don't often post political stuff are posting about this. Goodness. Yeah, like I'm, it really got people going. And how that plays out in midterm elections, I have no clue. But my general approach to this can be summed up, well, with Squire's first law. Now, the name Squire comes from. A lovely woman. A brilliant woman. She's very wise in terms of literature. And I like her politics, too. But Sarah Squire. I had her on the show when I was doing only the Saturday gig. And she came up with a law. A first law. There is no second law. And she kind of accidentally invented it on the Book of Faces a while back. I think a co I think now her husband, a guy named Steve Horowitz. They're both big Rush fans, which is another they're awesome people right you're libertarians you like a rush you know literature you've been on my show let's have a conversation yeah it was great so squire called it um squire or steve horowitz came up oh that's squire's law and sarah squire says squire's law is simply stated thusly politicians are asshats And she's driven to write about this because, well, today, like every other day, politicians are being asshats. And she wanted to talk about Squire's Law, though simply expressed. It's it's not a mere sigh of exasperation, like boys will be boys, like you're hearing some people say in the Kavanaugh thing. Right. It's not just like how I get sometimes. Oh, these are just asshats. These fools, these a-holes up in D.C. No, it's really a manifesto condensed down. Into three words, politicians are asshats. Because by saying that politicians are asshats, it means that you acknowledge the deep truths of public choice theory. It means that even if the occasional politician supports a policy you like or gives a speech you admire, you know enough not to turn him or her into a hero. Yeah. Gore Vidal says this about uh, JFK. Kind of fell in love with the guy. Great. With the speeches, all sorts of stuff, but then... Didn't really follow through with what we all one in terms of policy. And Also, we can debate, as Sarah and her friends have on the Book of Faces, whether asshats become politicians or politicians become asshats. That's an interesting debate.
3: Well, I, I think I might have a, a, a sort of an answer to that. Okay. Um, you know how when someone does something great it's be- and they say it's because they, they stand on shoulders of giants? Yes. Uh, politicians sit on their heads.
2: They sit on their heads?
3: They become the asshats.
2: Oh, okay. So it's like a, it's almost like a totem pole of ass hattery. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where the the foundation, in fact, is the most important totem. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, and she says that debate of like, do assassins become politicians or do politicians become assassins? She thinks they're both, it's one of those propositions where they're both true.
3: Right. It's, it's sort of like with attorneys. Mm. There's a lot of egos there. Oh, yeah. And that profession. It's sort of like, it it welcomes that.
2: Oh, same with like talk radio hosts.
3: Right, and I would imagine that being a politician welcomes that as well. But then, even if you go in with purely good intentions, the longer you get there, the more you get sort of corrupted by politics.
2: And that's what uh, Sarah Squire has to say. She says that politics is a machine that turns good people and good ideas into bad ones. And turns bad people and bad ideas into worse ones. Politics is a system that attracts not only people who want to help, sure, but people who want to control. And once those people, good or bad, helpful or controlling, are in the system, they use it to further their ends. And that's the whole idea behind public choice theory. Right. That there's the same sort of weird incentives that you might get in, say, a market environment. But in this case, it's not the price system guiding things. It's not the almighty dollar. It's now power sometimes mixed with the almighty dollar
3: yeah you see it with uh cbas like in the nfl yeah i mean it's incredibly slanted towards the guys the professional football players that created the cba at the time you know they're not going to look towards the future because they've only got what five maybe 10 years in the league 15 if you're a lucky quarterback so you get everything you can now but then guys that come up and didn't get to negotiate on that CBA at all. These guys that are get drafted say this year, right? They're screwed,
2: right? And it's uh, perverse incentives. We got to look right. beyond just what's on the face of these systems. And so, this—what does this mean if they're asshats and they're always looking out for themselves, whether they're well-intentioned or they're just controlling from the get-go? It means that politicians will take money from people most of us wouldn't shake hands with, right? means that they will tell us they do not believe in spying on the American people or the government operate in secrecy while they continue to spy on the American people, locking up or hounding anyone who questions the secrecy, which that's now coming to fruition in all sorts of different ways. And that means that they will tell us they want to help care for the helpless while they make it illegal for charities to feed the starving, which is a true story. Somebody got in trouble in Florence for the, or in North Carolina for helping with the Hurricane Florence. With the the animals, the right? animals. Yeah. Those charges were eventually dropped, thank the gods. Yeah. But they were going to lock up a woman for operating a veterinarian facility without a license for helping animals in the storm.
3: Yeah. But that brings up an interesting question. Is law as it's written down, is it zero tolerance?
2: It shouldn't be. Right, so what, most of the case: Most, most of the the time dictate if, it. Prudence?: Prudence. Yes. I think that's why you still have a, a system with a jury, and you have a judge who still has discretion. This is why I hate uh, whether it's a drug war or just larger topics. This came up here in Alabama, and a lot of district attorneys don't like it of mandatory minimums, mandatory sentencing. Cause it, then why do you even have a judge? Why do you even have a D.A.: Yeah. If it's going to be, okay, you did this crime, it's automatically this. Well, maybe it should be more. Because there's other circumstances in this person's life that keep re- offending over and over again. Right. Maybe it should be less. You really were in a bad situation. Right. You just need a little bit of a helping hand to get out of it. Or a little bit of a corrective. Um, I, don't, I don't like the zero tolerance, off with their heads approach. It certainly doesn't work in schools. In right. my opinion. But, you know,
3: I'm not an administrator.
2: Well, an appropriate play, and to, shout out to the Cloverdale Playhouse who did this right after Trump was elected, but the play about Arthur Miller, The Crucible. There's one line where, at the end, after several people have been hung for being witches, where the judge is kind of approached saying, yeah, the girls who told you they were all witches, they were making all that crap up. It's like, well justice demands that we punish everybody equally, despite these new facts. That's the zero-tolerance approach. It's like, to keep the appearance of the law, it must always be divvied out in the same way, when that's tyranny, by any other name. I mean, it really is. Yeah. So, Sarah Squire, though, makes it clear, because I've done this, and people are like, I'm being cynical. Joey, you're always so negative, blah, 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 blah on politics. She says, but her law isn't one of despair. It's one of, well, it's all about liberty, so to speak. Once you realize that politics works this way, that all politicians are in fact asshats, you are free. You're free from the need to hope for and look for and blindly follow one particular political savior or party. You are free from having to make excuses when you are inevitably disappointed and betrayed. You are free from the need to rearrange your mental furniture to accommodate the brain splitting torments of supporting a politician who wins the Nobel Peace Prize while implementing drone warfare. Well, that's a little bit of a shot at Barack Obama. On civilians abroad and at home, or a politician who prizes the free market while bailing out banking and corporate cronies because they are too big to fail. That's a little bit of a shot at George W. Bush. Yeah. And good, it's a target rich environment. <laughs>
3: The drone warfare, that's... Yeah. I, I like that. That was good.
2: And once you're free, Sarah Squire writes, you realize that politics isn't the solution to the things you see that are broken. Because it can't be the solution. Because politicians are asshats. They are wasting your time and your money and your energy. They are... Allying you with people you hate and with causes you despise and with actions you would never condone. Don't wait around for them to save you or the things you think are important. Don't think you've found the politician who convicts the world. Politicians are assets. You don't have to be. Yeah. Unfortunately, my addendum to Sarah Squire's first law here is that, yeah, there are a lot of people who vote for these people who are assets as well. I'm not talking about the nuanced person that really keeps himself informed or the deeply principled person who's, you know, saying, oh, they're carrying my cause. It's, there are a lot of ignorant people who just go, oh, it's time to vote? Okay.
3: Yeah. Or the, the people that watch the Kavanaugh hearing and, and, and threaten his
2: life or Ford's right. life. Exactly. Yeah. When I hear about that stuff, like, my God. Yeah. Like, where... And I want to say, we are we live in a society, people. When did it get this bad? But if you go back in history, it's been worse.
3: Yeah, it's just a lot easier nowadays for it to get out in the
2: open. It's just documented in real time. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, I think there is a... People are a little more susceptible to getting upset because it's always documented in real time. It's, like, always in your face. Some people get all up in arms but if you realize this is just ass that surrounds me then I don't have to be part of it I can kind of uh, endure it yeah like it's something that's good it's a it's built in to the system and so you realize okay don't have to put up with this crap the whole time so yeah I like that law it's a good law it's a good law it's a good law So, there will be an FBI investigation. It's got to end on Thursday, doesn't it? Thursday or Friday. Okay. And initially, they said, here are your witnesses to interview. And today, they said, well, I mean, if you follow any leads, just follow the leads. Like, you interview whoever you want.
3: Yeah. That's because the Democrats were like, wait a minute.
2: Right. Well, and I watched that committee vote after the hearings the next day, where Jeff Flake comes out from the back room, and every, all the other senators are already sitting down. This is after he was, I'll say, accosted. In yeah, in the elevator. elevator. Yeah. But I think it was also conversations with uh, Democratic Senator Chris Coons and a few others. And he said, you know, I'm going to vote to advance Kavanaugh out of committee if we have an investigation. I'm not a yes vote in the full, house, or full chamber. We need a week-long investigation. limited in scope to these allegations in front of us. don't want this to be an opportunity for more people to go, oh, open an investigation, more allegations, more allegations, more allegations. You don't, you don't want a special counsel. Right. Which, without limits, can be a bit of a problem, because almost everybody commits a felony each day. Not to mention the assets who are running for power in this country. Yeah. So, you know... That that being said, we'll see where the investigation goes. What frustrated me, though, is that there were Democrats in that chamber saying, oh, I, I, I'm i not agreeing with advancing Kavanaugh, but I agree, yeah, let's have this week-long FBI investigation. Thank you for your bipartisanship, Senator Flake. And two days later, they're like, I don't know if this is going to be a legitimate investigation. It's like, oh, come on, man.
3: Yeah. It's but, your fault for not realizing it wasn't going to be legitimate from the start. Right. It's the same thing. Uh, okay. Well, it's not. It's it's a very similar thing that happened when Ohio State said that they were going to have an independent investigation <laughs> into Urban Meyer. Right. And in order to make it independent, they were going to bring people in from the outside. So they had three people from the Board of Trustees, one person who used to be a judge um, for the District of Ohio, and an. Like two ex senators, right? And when they then when they came out and they were like, uh, "Yeah, he lied," but we don't think it was on purpose. It was like, "Okay, this was a sham from the start. You're just mm-hmm. trying to cover your cash cow, and you don't want to pay out because you have to fire Urban Meyer for being right, being a not decent human being." Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the common thread, and I'm pulling up something. I brought it up last week, but this got me going. It got me thinking, but this doesn't apply to just politics. Mm and It's kind of a combination of different quotes that I've made into my own. Seek, and you will find the truth is rarely pure and never simple. And more often than not, you weren't looking for the truth in the first place. Only vindication of your beliefs.
3: Yeah, that's a great point.
2: That's pretty much life. Really is. Like, unless you are doing a very structured scientific experiment... That, you know, when you're working with other people, that we all agree that we're accepting these conditions on how we come up with this outcome. And can we reproduce this outcome? Or maybe it's a court of law where everybody's kind of like, here are our standards and our rules. But even then, in a courtroom, for instance, you don't always get the truth. Even in a scientific experiment, you're maybe getting close, but not quite.
3: Actually, speaking of scientific experiments, uh, there was this psychology experiment that occurred. And the conclusion of it, they were testing uh, truthfulness and its impact on man. Hmm. The conclusion of it was that humanity is better equipped to handle truth than they give themselves credit for.
2: Wow. Yeah. But I think this little pesky thing called... Perception? Perception and belief gets in the way. Yeah. But it's a, it's a difficult riddle, because belief and imagination is what gets you to go find those truths in the first place. It kind of propels you to go down alleys you never would have, unless you believe something. Because if you believe nothing, it's very difficult to have any impetus to get out there and do anything. Yeah. It's,
3: I mean, if you believe in nothing, then welcome to ennui.
2: You're right. Yeah, it's not a happy place to be. I, I've been there on some days. It's not a happy place to be. So, but if you are so caught up in your beliefs that you can't accept any corrections or any updating of the facts... Right. Or how, the, how things you discover and form maybe change your belief, then you're just going to be plowing ahead. Like, oh, we've learned enough. Nope. Well, I've had enough. Like, we're good how it is. And in a way, it, I saw this brilliant meme earlier, or me as we're calling it on their waves these days. Okay. Where it was a guy sitting and looking over a beautiful forested mountainscape and sitting next to him is his Labrador Retriever, his dog. Mm-hmm. And it's a shot from the back. So you see the back of the guy, back of the dog. And there are two like thinking bubbles coming out like it's a comic strip. And the guy is thinking of like airplanes, what he's got to do the next day. And like think of all these possibilities of what's in the future, what he's got to do. And the dog is just thinking of an exact picture of him and the guy sitting there. The dog's in the moment. The other person's constantly thinking about the possibilities of the future. Right. And the capture said, this is why the dog's happy. I agree. It's why the dog's happy. But it's also why the dog never invented, say, you know, a space shuttle or an airplane. It's a, it's our blessing and our curse, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Our ability to foresee and believe and sometimes it gets the best of us. And I think it's best to kind of put our hope in one another in a way that isn't caught up in controlling and, I don't know, the, the witch hunt aspect of ourselves. And I mean, there are witch hunts left and right. Yeah. And telling the truth for bad reasons or selectively telling the truth. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff we could get into. but Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the court of public opinion. No, I'm not either. It's like something as absurd as, do you think Bill Clinton, like when Bill Clinton was caught, there was actually a poll put out during the whole Lewinsky affair Hmm. that are you morally superior, morally inferior, or about the same morally as President Clinton? Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's part of my problem with democracy. It's like, you no, know, we're not looking for the truth. We're looking for you to be popular. That's all we're looking at. This is a plurality of people, in all honesty, because most people don't vote. Do they agree with you? And not even full, wholeheartedly agree with you, just enough to give you power. They might have some slight differences of opinion. but Especially if, if you base it on a lie. Like yeah. People were like, or, there's a
3: lot of left-wing blogs out there that was like, do you see how flustered Kavanaugh was? There's no way that guy should be in the highest level right. of the Supreme Court. No way. Did you see how flustered he was? And it's like, well, if the whole thing's based on a lie, you would be flustered too if yeah. these people were accusing you of so-and-so, yeah. such-and-such, rather.
2: Well, the one that drove me up a walk because I saw like Whitney Cummings share this, Olivia Wilde, a lot of people in, from the Hollywood scene share this one photo where it was Kavanaugh in the middle of yelling. And, they, and the caption is, look at the women's faces, to imply, like, the women are disgusted, because the look on their faces is one of disgust. Mm-hmm. But it's like, actually, that's his wife, Yep, that's his daughter, and that's his mother. They're crying, and they're upset for the same reasons he's sobbing and yelling and upset. So maybe this is where it drives me nuts. Facebook wants to do a thing where it's, like, images, are they truthful? Think about all the context that goes into a given image.
3: Yeah. Especially with... You just mentioned it with that meme. Yeah. The, the difference between humanity and memes is that memes exist solely in snapshots, and humanity is fluid. Temporally and everything else that goes
2: into being human. But when people get obsessed with winning, especially when... Not just winning like a game. Like I get into it. like I get upset when Auburn plays poorly.
3: I get mad.
2: I'm oh, I tell you, mad. I
3: have been upset every single Saturday yeah. this fall.
2: Yeah, and we're not even on the team. <laughs> no. We don't even go to school there anymore. Nope. But I still be upset? So imagine, like, you're trying to win power. Yeah. It makes people assets. Coming back to Sarah Squire's brilliant first law. That is a great law. Well, let's go out here. And, yes, we're going out again with DVNO. DVNO. Justice, it's coming back and put the O back in country. Come in, the reverb about like that kick, know. oh, it's so good. I swear, no, just, I don't care where you are, folks. In your car? No, you're probably in your car. Maybe you're listening to this later on a podcast. Just take time. Wiggle that caboose. Wiggle it. Oh. Make that waste.
0: And soon you say that. Mm-hmm. Diviano, capital letters printed in gold. Cause make it curse even more. While they shaking no need to ask my name to four capital letters in gold. Cause details make it
1: Your News Talk place to be. The Dan Morris Show. Noon till 3. Only on News Talk 93.1 FM WACV. Connick Jr., a New Orleans tricentennial celebration, December 13th at the Montgomery Performing Arts
3: Center,
1: multiple Grammy and Emmy Award winner Harry Connick Jr., a night of hits, with a few of Harry's holiday favorites, must television and movie star legendary entertainer the one and only harry connick jr live get reserved seats now at ticketmaster.com the box office or phone 800-745-3000 welcome by me december 13th at the montgomery performing arts center don't miss harry connick jr live could run away. Produced by Red Mountain Entertainment. AutoSave Tire and Automotive is your local trusted source for tires and auto repair in the River Region. We do it all—from oil changes to engine transmission repair, even those pesky check engine lights. We also handle over 80 brands of tires, all at the best prices. We have stores located in Prattville, Montgomery, and Wetumpka for your convenience. We can also handle your fleet business, accepting Donlin, ARI, Element, Wex, and more. We also accept your Bridgestone, Firestone, and Car Care One credit cards. Check out our website, AutosaveTires.net. AutoSave Tire and Automotive—come to where your auto saves you.
3: Let Delta do it. Signs, banners, direct mail, quality printing, copying. Delta Printing does it all. River Region residents have trusted them for 40 years. You can too. Visit 6001 Monticello Drive or call
1: 271 Copy, and let Delta do it. Rich Thomas Weather, a service of Wiley Sanders Trucking. Right now, offering top pay of 45.5 cents per mile and quarterly and annual safe driving bonuses. Apply today at WileySanders.com. Rich Thomas Weather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the month of
2: October. Rain chance is relatively small for the next few hours, but not zero. There could be a few spotty, widely scattered storms around. Overnight low temperature drops to about 70. Tomorrow and Wednesday, high temperatures around 90 or perhaps the low 90s. A good bit of sunshine both days. Rain chances not quite zero, but pretty small. Then Thursday and Friday, same thing. Highs 90 to 92, lots of sunshine. Rain chances 10% or less. Stay on top of the weather all the time with our free weather app. It has current conditions, hourly forecast, 10-day forecast, radar, future radar, and push notifications for severe weather alerts even when you're out of town. Go
1: to the App Store and search Rich Thomas Weather. From the Blue Water Weather Center, this is Rich Thomas. Advertising drives the local economy. If you own a business, radio advertising encourages repeat business by enhancing the image of your business. Call us at Blue Water Broadcasting and find out how we can help you grow your business. Blue Water Broadcasting. Local folks helping local business get Montgomery talking 24 hours a day. The River Region's most trusted voice. News Talk
2: 93.1 FM WACV. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the... Joey Clark. ...radio hour. And I don't often do this, coming back in cold. But this one goes out to all you broken-hearted men. It can apply to the ladies, too, I suppose. But it's from a male perspective, sung by a man, listened to by two men in the studio at the moment... This one goes back into Troy and I's past a bit. It's a manifesto of sorts. You moved out of my, my
3: apartment. apartment And you moved out of my old town
2: And my oh, life has remained so lonely I'm So lonely Since so you ain't been been around. Been around And to think how far traveled honey mm. just to see you one more time but if that's how you say hello well you can kiss my ass goodbye oh here it comes folks. so let your hair down get out of that skirt oh believe we'll your on high heels on well, I'll be on the
1: back of my blood Cadillac when Jesus finally comes to call his children home. So let your head out, head out of that skirt. Let you heels home. I'll be in
2: my black home. A little bit of Shooter Jennings to bring us back in. But the old back in country, folks. Man, Shooter's an interesting guy, too. Yeah. The more I learn about him, like, that guy was on the cutting edge a while ago. Yeah. Like, really cool stuff. And Black Ribbon's, his other album, is probably one of my favorites of all time still. We listened to that so many times. We really did. He's good. He's really good. Why not, you know, let's go to the phones. Let's see who this is. Okay. Who's talking you on the air. Who's this? Joey. Hey, this is JD. How are you? I'm great, JD. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing wonderful. I was listening
0: to what you were saying a few minutes ago. Man, I've got to tell you two things real quick. Mm -hmm. One, integrity. Doing the right thing even when nobody is looking. And it's not who you know, but how you know who you know. And it seems like everybody in politics has something on somebody else, so everybody's kind of drifting the same way whether they behind the scenes, even when publicly they're pretending not to. and two, the the biggest thing, man. Every rose has its thorn, mm. and and that's the way you look at, at at things. The glass is half empty, half full. You always bring a different perspective for everybody to look at, and I can really appreciate that. I mean, you got to understand, a rose is beautiful to look at, but it, it's got the thorns on it. Oh, you yeah. know, watch out for the thorns. You don't see the rose, but you have a way of looking at both aspects of it from a distance. That that brings everything. To light, and and that is that is a great point of view to have. There's not very many people that have that kind of point of view to step back and look at the whole picture as an entirety, and call it like they see it.
2: Well, this call, Jay, say, is almost as good as a paycheck, almost.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to say I, I greatly appreciate that. And I, I love your perspective all the time. I mean, some people get. You know, they're like, well, why does he think like Well, no, he thinks like that because
2: it's the, it's the dadgum truth. That's why. <laughs> it's people, that, it's, it's where I'm coming from. Yeah.
0: yeah, people don't want to admit it. Sometimes there's things that I don't like. Like y'all were talking about football a minute ago. I don't like it when Alabama loses, but guess what? Hey, sometimes it's the truth. You know, get on, go on to the next game.
3: That's a truth that you don't have to face very often, though, as an <laughs> Alabama fan, I will say. <laughs> <Fair enough>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it is the truth it is the truth uh, but but once again hey, I, I really appreciate everything you guys throughout the entire show all day long you know from early in the morning to late in the evening I listen whenever I can I have to do nothing but play music on the weekend but when, when I when I step out of, of a venue I'm listening to, to talk radio I, I kind of phase away from the George story before 6 o'clock before y'all come on because mm-hmm. that, that, some of that stuff it, it, sometimes yeah, it's interesting. It's entertaining, though. So much, uh, so much of super beat commercials I can take. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when 6 o'clock rolls around, I'm back on you guys. It, without a doubt, it, it's absolutely wonderful. I, I love y'all so.
2: Well, thank you, J.D. Really appreciate it, y- man. Hey, y'all have a wonderful evening. You too, J.D. Well, and that's actually one thing. Um, Greg Budell advised me on this. And I've sort of taken it to a different place, too, in the sense of a lot of people will do a talk show of, like, I'm right. Here's the truth. It's like no, I'm just Joey. Here's my perspective, and I hope a lot of it's true, or else what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> but especially on politics, I've watched it enough to go, my God, what a crap show!
3: Mm-hmm.
2: A bunch of asshats, and I'm not just saying that as oh they're full of crap. No, I've even gotten that way with like my fellow libertarians who I know and love. you hear them constantly I, I wrote one guy who does another show a guy named Mance and he posted something saying I used to be a libertarian but now I just don't care he's like oh I can't stand these people and I actually wrote him and said well I'm still a libertarian but I don't care nearly as much as I used to I really don't like it's not the first thing I bring up in discussion anymore Right, really not it's not how I preeminently identify myself it's like I'm a libertarian I care about politics oh, now I'm really into like collecting vinyl records and I'm really into like listening to wrestling podcasts <laughs> and watching wrestling I don't know I'm trying to expand my horizons beyond just oh we we gotta be down with the cause so I think as soon as you get caught up in any sort of cause in that way especially one for political power it's gonna be an unhappy ending yeah. Even after a moment of glory. It's like, what happens next? Well, it's especially if you go in
3: not cynically. Because right. you will find that the things that you wish were true just simply aren't. Like, J.D. mentioned integrity. Mm. Integrity in politics. Based on my understanding and observations of seeing everything that goes on in Washington, heck, even locally, integrity is a zero-sum game. Integrity will get you nowhere. It might get you a couple of votes temporarily, but right. all it takes is a smear campaign to get those votes back to someone else.
2: Right, it's, it's very easy easy to smear a principled person. It's weird how that works. Integrity gets you someone
3: saying something nice at your funeral. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, that's I hate to say it. I wish it were a really a much more popular thing in Washington, but I haven't seen it for a long time.
2: Right. Not in politics. And this is where I have moved, where my my brand, if I have to bring up politics, if I have to bring up being a libertarian, it's, it's, it's about people over the political causes. And I know some people will say, my cause is all about people. Okay, okay, okay. What I mean by that is like, get to know your neighbors. Make sure you're being a good friend, a good family member. Mm-hmm. Put your own individual life back in order, and there will be amazing ripple effects for yourself and others. You might not save the whole world. There might still be you know, a catastrophe or a natural disaster somewhere else, or maybe the planet gets hit by a meteor. It, by the way, there's apparently an asteroid cr- cr- very close to Earth on Halloween night. Uh, uh, shaped
3: like a skull. Yeah, I don't know it's, how it's, close. It's going to be earlier than oh. Halloween. It was Halloween sometime last year that it happened. Well, they remeasured Sometime it. last year, Troy. Halloween happens on
2: October thirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that way, too. <laughs> no, and there are some days, man, where I come in here and I'm like, damn, I've just did six hours. I wish I could come in here fresh, like yeah. right after doing a workout in the cryo chamber. Hop right in the seat and start hosting. But, yeah, you know, such is life right now. C'est la vie. Yeah, not a big deal. I, I, agree,
3: I agree with you. Mm. Just to add on to my point about integrity in Washington, I might not see it, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Fair enough. And furthermore, if I can have it in my own life, then I know I'm doing at least something right.
2: Yeah, controlling what you can control. Exactly. And uh, that's a big lesson. Because I... I mean, George Carlin, I think, is the one who said it. Scratch a cynic, you'll find a disappointed idealist. That is me to a T. Mm-hmm. That I went into the politics thing. I was even bitching about it last week. That I love political theater. I just hate how the productions they're putting on currently. Yeah. Like, think of the Senate chamber. What a, is there a better place for if you actually had people up there having a debate? Like a true big debate about great ideas. It's a beautiful venue for doing that. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't use it. All the debating goes on on social media and cable news and.
3: Or in me- committee meetings, yeah. yeah. Now, now it's all TED Talks.
2: Yeah. Excuse me, TEDx Talks. <laughs> TEDx Why can't we have. Use the venues, use the chamber, like play it up. If you need an entertainment factor to get people to pay attention, we can do that. But let's at least, when we're going to have the debates, be in this very public venue that's beautifully put together and actually have real political theater that means something. Yeah. Not the sort of, I'm going to get my soundbite sort of political theater, Yeah. which is so often the case. I mean, and I do have to, I last week, I did tip my hat to Lindsey Graham when he got all upset. Because Lindsey's, I don't like Lindsey Graham. Nope. And, by the way, folks, I wouldn't vote for Brett Kavanaugh, not because of these accusations. If I was a senator, I wouldn't vote for Kavanaugh because of how he feels about the Fourth Amendment. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I think it's a very important issue these days. But Lindsey Graham is this type who's always kind of reaching across the aisle, and he kind of called out the Democrats on the way this has been handled. Right. And uh, I found myself agreeing with him. Not just what he said, but the passion of it. And from him. Like, that's not usually the guy who puts on a show. You know, if it was Trey Gowdy once again, okay, yeah. Trey, how many of these hearings have you put on a show? Like, every single one. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim Jordan, great job. All right, Cory Booker, I am Spartacus. Yeah, you're running for president. Same with you, Kamala Harris. I get it. Like, but Lindsay's not running for president. Do you think Gowdy will? No. Do you think his hair will? (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) I think Gowdy wants to get the hell out of there. And actually, you talk about integrity. When the president ordered all these struck and page and things declassified um, and like the McCabe memos, all sorts of stuff, Gowdy says, I've seen them. I don't think they'll change anybody's minds. Where all the other Republicans are like, big bombshell, finally the president's done this. Gowdy did come out and go, yeah, I don't think it's going to change anything. And that—that's a downer to a lot of people, but I mean, maybe he, he,
3: maybe he realizes a lot of people's minds are already made up.
2: Yes, I think there's that, and I don't know. I saw a, to kind of close out the show. I saw a fascinating article from the New York Times on why Trump will be reelected. From New York Times, it has nothing to do with poll numbers. Is it an op-ed? Yeah, it was an op-ed, but it was very well researched and it was from the perspective and this person interviewed a lot of TV executives who put on reality TV and his point is most great reality TV which the president did produce with The Apprentice one of the most successful reality shows ever put together most of those successful shows last six seasons because even if you watch it and think it's a train wreck you're still watching Right. And so the argument goes that Trump and his team are so compelling, whether you think it's a train wreck or he's the god, emperor, savior of the country, there's probably going to be a, a large portion of the middle. It's like, I got to keep watching. We got to keep watching. Let's see where this goes. And one of the quotes they found was from a normal guy in New York City. So why he's like, I'm going to vote for Trump Was a cab driver. Like, why are you going to vote for Trump? He's like, well, I don't know if I really like his policies or if I really like Clinton either, but Trump makes me laugh. And it's that, oh, that's so irresponsible. You got to vote for good this or that reason. No. And that's something I felt. I didn't vote for Trump, I didn't vote for anybody. Again, because I have pulled myself out of that process. But there's something about a, that laugh that Trump will give people that is uh, cathartic. It's like, finally, it's something different. Yeah. Might not be a good type of different, might be a chaotic different, but it's different. Yeah. He was also very good
3: at short three to four word Yeah, slogans. Yeah. His nicknames for people. Or drain the swamp. <laughs> Low energy job, Or MAGA or whatever. He was very yeah. good at condensing an idea into a phrase.
2: Build the wall. Yeah. I mean, he knows when he's saying that. It's not going to be a literal wall across every single stinking mile of the border. And he, once he gets in office, he starts saying that. We'll have other, well, drones. We'll have natural barriers. Blah, 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 blah. Which makes the people attacking him like, you can't build a wall across... He's like, yeah, I know. It's, uh, but it's a symbol. <laughs> it's uh, the guy, Scott Adams, Guy who writes Dilbert. He called it. He said Trump is one of the most persuasive people I've ever seen because what he does is he'll create a very simple symbol, and use that as the thing that sticks in your mind. And mm-hmm. out of that symbol, even if you waver a little bit, oh, he said something stupid here, or oh, you know what he means. You have that symbol stuck in your mind. That's
3: why I think the progressive concept of intersectionality mm. won't, won't work. <sighs> in terms of uh, as a rallying cry. You know, where different, I, I, I guess to I explain agree. it would be different intersections of those who are not in power.
2: Right. All the marginalized people in this world. The,
3: the intersections of where they meet up is where they can stand together. Mm hmm. Like, I, I, I just don't think it's it's enough.
2: Well, the idea is, you know, women have been like second class citizens. Mm hmm. If you go back far enough in the history, yeah, I agree. Mm hmm. Uh, people of color, particular black people in this country, really really gotten the short stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, they've put all these people together in this basket of the marginalized the victims and they it
3: goes a little too far well, what's interesting is the hypocrisy and the marginalization of the marginalized like the LGB community looking at the t community and going no no you can't be a part of this
2: right exactly well you know, and it does they start to eat their own and i think when you have a a movement that is number one almost puritan and priggish in the way they carry out their their morals and their virtues, where they do eat their own, it's like no, you haven't been sufficiently woke enough in the last week. And there's a great BBC video talking about that. Like, and it it just gets so absurd at a certain point that I, over that absurdity and sort of you must be pure to the cause, this almost chaotic, entertaining presidency known as the administration of Donald J. Trump will probably continue to win. Yep. And I will say this is another prediction. Cory Booker, you're not going to be president. Cory Booker, you're not even going to be the Democratic nominee to be president. Kamala Harris or somebody else, some governor, Democratic governor out there is going to kick your ass. He's going to wipe the floor. with You're terrible. He's terrible. He just uh, he's terrible for many reasons. (laughs) And I'm not going to get into all of them because we only have a minute and a half left. That's another reason
3: why Trump's sloganology works. You know, I'm not going to get into it for many reasons. I will just say drain the swamp. Right. It's so much... You can just wrap it up in a nice, nice neat little bow and just say it and say it and say it and say it.
2: Well, and I'll go back to when I realized... Because I was saying Trump's a joke as he was getting in. He's not actually running. That first debate where Megyn Kelly... Says, you've called women fat slobs, pigs, and before she can even finish, he leans into the mic and goes, only Rosie O'Donnell. Like, damn, this guy might win. (laughs) Because it's like, wait, when have you heard a politician say that crap? When have you, like, I don't agree with everything he's saying, but that's better than Hillary's bullcrap. Yeah. And again, it's, I think it's, unless the Democrats come up with somebody who has genuine charisma actually has a holistic program that will get people together and not continue to, like, eat their own and write off half the population. I think we're going to have more Trump for a while.